Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. There's something, I, I man, I've been so stirred about this today, and I feel like it's kind of fitting that she's not here, and this Torah portion has to do with circumcision, which is like, when she left, I was like, really, I got to cover <laughs> circumcision? Like, what a weird Torah portion, right? But as I dug into it, it was like, I was getting super stirred about just everything in it and family identity and just the richness of the foundation of our faith. And um, it's super powerful. So, um, Jason, if you come up, we'll go ahead and we'll read the Torah portion. And uh, how many people read this week's Torah portion? Okay. All right, so um, if you guys want to stand, Jason is going to read our Torah portion, and we'll get into communion, and then we'll jump into it. When Avram was 99 years old, Adonai appeared to him, appeared to Avram, and he said to him, I am El Shaddai. Continually walk before me, and you will be blameless. My heart's desire is to make my covenant between me and you, and then I will multiply you exceedingly much. Abram fell on his face, and God spoke with him, saying, For my part, because my covenant is with you, you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be Abram, but your name will be Abraham, because I make you the father of a multitude of nations. Yes, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings will come forth from you. Yes, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant in order to be your God and your seed's God after you. I will give to you and to your seed after you the land where you are an outsider, the whole land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, As for you, my covenant you must keep, you and your seed after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant that you must keep between me and you and your seed after you. All your males must be circumcised. You must be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and this will become a sign of the covenant between me and you. Also, your eight-day-olds must be circumcised, every male throughout your generations, including a house-born slave or a slave bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your seed. Your house-born slave and your purchased slave must surely be circumcised. So my covenant will be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But the uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin That person will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her by the name Sarai. Rather, Sarah is her name. And I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son from her. I will bless her, and she will give rise to nations. Kings of the peoples will come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said to his heart, Will a son be born to a 100-year-old man, or will Sarah, who is 90 years old, give birth? So Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live before you. But God said, On the contrary, Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you must name him Isaac. So I will confirm my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for this seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. 
See, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and I will multiply him very, very much. He will father twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this set time next year. When he finished speaking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, his son, and all of his houseborn slaves, and all of his purchased slaves, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on this very same day, just as God had spoken to him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and his son Ishmael was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. On this very same day, Abraham and Ishmael, his son, were circumcised. Also, all the men of his house, house-born slaves, and slaves purchased from a foreigner were circumcised with him. All right, so um, as we engage in communion, just remember that this isn't something that's, you know, something we take for granted. This is something that as you partake of his broken body, we're saying that we're claiming this Torah portion is now written on our heart. And we're doing so before we kind of gain understanding about what the Torah portion is as a commitment to him, right? So um, this isn't something to take lightly. And circumcision, it's kind of a, you know, this weird thing that we hear about. Um, but I feel like tonight as he has with all the other Torah portions, he's really connecting us to our foundation of our faith. So um, as you partake of his body, just commit that this Torah portion is now written on your heart when you're ready. And then as you um, drink of him, just proclaiming that it is established in your life. And that's no light thing. Proclaiming that what we're doing here tonight, what we're engaging in, what he's revealing to us is established in your life. What's interesting about getting in the Torah portions is that I feel like for the first time, at least for me, and I could probably safely say for almost everybody in here, that we're being introduced to the foundation of our faith through these Torah portions. I don't know if I've ever had an experience or an introduction to the foundation of our faith in this way. And so being able to understand that is critical because we're being introduced to things that help us to understand the renewed covenant in proper context. Right. 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 So everything that we, it's like Missy talked about, the reminder about that urgency, everything that is being engaged or embraced with Torah portions is critical because we're receiving the Father's instructions for the first time, right? And we're in turn realizing the, the reality of the renewed covenant in the proper way for the first time. Right? How many can bear witness with that? I know for me, that's exactly what is happening. I have never been introduced to, like I have never understood how circumcision applies to the renewed covenant or applies to my life or my family identity or anything like that. Yeah. Right? And so 
to be able to understand that this weird concept or what most would consider a weird concept or what some might even consider like a brutality is part of our family identity. Right? And in the scripture, man, there's so many there's so many layers to circumcision, which is such a it's I keep laughing because it's such a weird it's such a weird thing. So the the word circumcision, so scission means cut. The word circum means like circular. So it's a circular cut is what that word means. And it's really interesting the layers to this because first of all, when you consider circumcision, culturally during this time, circumcision isn't a Jewish thing. Culturally, there were other people groups that that engaged in circumcision before Abraham. But it would be males, females at an adult age. Which is weird, right? To think of female circumcision, right? Um, but with Yahweh introducing this to, to Avram, the distinction and the thing that was unique about it was that it was exclusive to males as infants. That, that had never been seen culturally before. So you have, this, you have this dynamic where Yahweh is introducing something as a sign of covenant, a sign of covenant that is exclusive to newborn males. And he says, you shall do it on day eight. And you're going to do this as something that points to the sun that's coming, the promised sun that's coming. So for me, I think about this, and I want our family to think about this as a very literal dynamic. When he says this is a sign of covenant, my question was in my studies, what is a sign? Which seems super obvious right like we can skip over that but the question that I asked myself and that I started diving into is what is a sign and what does a sign represent and I want you guys to write this down because it gives us clarity in understanding on what it is that we're supposed to understand and how it's relevant to us today so just a practical definition of a sign is a sign conveys information from one party to another. Sign conveys information. Think about like a street sign, a business sign, you know, whatever kind of sign conveys information. The type of inf information that's conveyed is pretty powerful. It conveys identity conveys wayfinding. It allows you to, to identify the way you're supposed to go. Gives you awareness. 
and it's a reminder. When you look at the Torah, there's three major biblical signs of covenant. Um, Shabbat is one of them. In Exodus 31, talks about Shabbat being a sign of covenant. And it refers to it as a sign for all time. And that's, that's important to understand. It's a sign for all time. There's rainbows from Noah, right? We've learned about that. Genesis 9 talks about rainbows as a sign of covenant. And it specifically refers to it as a sign for all ages to come. And then circumcision is the third one, the third sign of covenant. And the key thing to understand about circumcision is it's the, be, it's the beginning of a Hebrew nation. It's kind of a turning point. It's a setting apart of who we are now. The beginning of who we are now began with circumcision. Hmm. So I'll say it again. When you think about Shabbat, rainbows, and circumcision, that's it's it's a it's a it's a mechanism to convey information concerning your identity, how to how to locate the way you're supposed to go. Awareness and a reminder. Okay? Now, it, the part about remembering, we've been talking about that. The part about remembering that's interesting is that if you go back to the system of Christianity in the, in the Christian context, if the function of a sign is to remember... But we do away with the thing that is supposed to cause us to remember. We just discard that thing, disregard that thing. Then what are we missing? It would be like if you were going on a road trip and you had your GPS pulled up and it said, turn right at this street and somebody took the sign down. Right? You would miss, you would miss it. You would never get to your destination. Right? So when Yahweh is saying, this is a sign of my covenant, there's, there's two things that happen with these three signs of covenant. Some of them are bridging the gap between where we're at now and what we're supposed to remember. And some of them are bridging the gap between where people were at and where they were supposed to go or the place they were supposed to look to. Okay, so signs of covenant do two things. It bridges the gap between where we're at now and our ancestors. So where we're at now to remember something in the past. 
So for instance, a rainbow, right? When we see a rainbow now, that should be a sign for us to remember where we're at now in time, to remember what happened with Noah and Yahweh's promise with the ark, to bridge the gap from now to that time. The other thing it does in Avram's case it, with circumcision is it bridges the gap between where he was at. It bridges the gap generationally to where we're at right now. Okay, so a sign of covenant is like bridging the gap between generations. So that's important for us to realize because this all goes into our understanding of the renewed covenant and how we interpret that. Right? If you are speaking with somebody in the context of Western Christianity and they're saying we no longer have to be circumcised, we don't have to be, That's true in a sense because they're thinking they're so this is this is we have to understand this because let's just take the church community in Flagstaff, for example. If I go and talk to another pastor who has an assumption about kingdom heirs and that we're Jewish now that because we're honoring the Torah, that somehow we think we have to obey the law to gain salvation, which is not the case, right? We don't obey the law to gain salvation, but because we have salvation, we honor the law, right? And so this is important to understand because when you talk about circumcision this this is all part of this to the extent that if somebody were to bring up that accusation or that uh, claim with anybody in the family I would I would point to Genesis 17 because here you have Yahweh promising, Avram, he's giving him circumcision as a sign of what's to come, a promise of the coming son as a means of salvation. And because of that promise of a means of salvation, then they would circumcise themselves. Does that make sense? Even when you think about Apostle Paul in Acts 15, we've talked about Acts 15 in the last night season, and that may be something that we need to go back to. Because as, as a side note, we're at a place where, when we talk about expansion, we're at a place to where it is not sufficient for certain people, for example, mom and I, to understand these things on behalf of the entire family. Right? It's incumbent upon each and every individual in the family 
to understand these things and to be able to articulate these things when you get confronted. Well, Apostle Paul says we don't have to be circumcised. Right? Per Acts 15. If you look up circumcision in any any preaching on circumcision, any Western Christian context perspective is going to say, well, Apostle Paul said we don't have to be circumcised. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because of Acts 15. The counsel that they had there in Acts 15, Apostle Paul was there. He was talking about circumcision. And when he talks about the circumcision in quotes, He's talking about the Jewish people because essentially what they did was, and I'm, and I'm really not, I'm, I'm not really diving into the scriptures of the actual Torah portion, but I'm just honing in on circumcision, okay? When Apostle Paul refers to the circumcision in quotes in Acts 15, what he's referring to is the Jewish people and how they look at circumcision as a status symbol. Okay? The Jewish people connected circumcision with salvation because the Jewish people at that time were saying to the Gentiles, in order for you to gain eternity as the commonwealth of Israel, you have to be circumcised. Which Paul was saying... Essentially, you're then saying you're, you can work your way into salvation. Because by your works, you can gain salvation. Does that make sense? If you get circumcised, then you can be saved. That's what Paul was saying. You don't have to do that. Does that make sense? When Paul was saying you don't have to be circumcised, He was saying the circumcision. He was talking about Jews converting Gentiles by way of circumcision to gain salvation. Okay? We have to understand that. All of you have to understand that. So when somebody comes and says, no, you don't have to be circumcised, you have to understand what Paul was saying. He was talking to the people. He was talking to the Jews saying, no, no, you're saying... Salvation is gained by works. That's not what you have to do. Right? And when he refers to Avraham, the father of our faith, when Paul refers to Avraham, he's referring to the dynamic that Avraham was declared righteous before being circumcised. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why I'm saying when somebody brings that up, point to Genesis 17. And that's what Paul was pointing to. Okay? So we have to understand how this relates to our faith now as a foundation of our faith. Right? And every single one of you has to understand that and be able to articulate that. Because if you proclaim to walk this faith out right now, the way that you proclaim to walk, if you claim that, you have to be able to articulate that. Right? This I can't stress this enough because the confrontation and the assault is coming against every single one of you, whether you like it or not. 
no longer is it a dynamic where that's the pastor's job. That's the leader's job. That's the so-and-so will take care of that. The elders will take care of that. Right? Before when we said everybody is an elder, when we said that before, what that means is that every single one of you bears the responsibility to be able to articulate that. To be able to be confronted with these type of things and know how to respond to that in season and out of season. Right? Right? So part of what was interesting about last week about the birthday, right? I think Missy brought it up after, was like, you know, everybody was kind of like a little bit stressed about bringing a, 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 you know, their gift and like articulating the principles of our DNA, right? But the fact of the matter is every single person in here has to be able to articulate and respond to those confrontations because at the end of the day, you're sitting in here and you're claiming that this is the way that you walk. Right? I mean, I'm just going to tell you, by the nature of just saying, yeah, I go to Kingdom Heirs, just saying I go, I attend, whatever, I go to Kingdom Heirs, Right is is putting a target on your back in a sense, which should be encouraging because we're sharing in a in a very minute degree we're sharing in the suffering of Yeshua because you now have the same type of target on your back that he had on his back. That makes sense. So we have to understand, and the very the, the basis of this to me is that it's very simple to respond to. When people say, Oh, you you know the law and you follow the law and you you're a Judaizer and they're equating the way that we're walking to rabbinical Judaism, extra biblical law meaning there's the written law there's the 613 laws and then there's rabbinical interpretation and extra fences around those laws right right okay they're equating people are equating what we're doing with extra biblical laws man-made laws because they don't know any better Okay, so what we have to understand is that the Scripture says if you receive the Holy Spirit and you receive salvation, those things will cause you. The Scripture says it will cause you. We, Mom's been talking about tongues. How many of us thought tongues was the evidence of being saved? That was a common belief. <laughs> Well, you're not saved if you don't speak in tongues. Right? And I'm not saying that's not a fruit of the Spirit. But in Revelation, it says, if you have salvation, if you declare Yeshua, it will cause you to obey the law. Not the other way around. It doesn't say if you obey the law, it will cause you to be saved. 
to me, that is the simplest. Right? It says it says that in Revelation. That is the simplest way to diffuse that, but we have to understand that. Another interesting thing about circumcision, right? And and just <laughs> just to be so you have male and female. You have male organs and female organs. You have and I'm still trying to wrap my head around like we were me and Jalen and mom were talking about in the kitchen today. We're just like racking our brains like about circumcision. <laughs> Because what Yahweh says is that this is a sign generationally. What we have to understand is that this is a sign of covenant. I think too many of us think of covenant as like it's me as an individual and another person as an individual. Right? You two have a covenant. It's Kendra and Eric. Right? And that's how we think of it. But we have to understand the dynamic of the covenant with Abraham was generational. It was eternal. It's not just individual. It is individual, but it's also generational. So when we think of covenant, like right now, today, when we think of covenant that we're entering into, it is bigger than just... And we, we know this on a level. It's bigger than we're a family. We have family in common. We have things we have in common. We, get to, we believe in Friday, Shabbat. We celebrate the feast together. We... I mean, anything that you would attribute to the commonality of this family. Covenant is bigger than a, than a, a common contract or common beliefs. Right? Covenant is so pervasive that it invades every aspect of your life to the degree that it invades the next generation. So the sign of covenant to Abraham was I'm going to make a circular cut on the male organ in the context of marriage that generates the next the next generation. The male organ brings the next generation. Now think about Yahweh, what he promised right to Abraham's ancestors, what he promised in the heart of the matter is that he said, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families. When he was saying that to Abraham, he wasn't, he could have taken that as an, as a, it was beyond individual. Right? In his, he was 99 years old. His wife was 90. Right? He's, Yahweh's already making it an, an impossibility just because of their age. And 
I feel like in the way that this sign of covenant was was manifested was beyond the individual sphere of how he could perceive it. Is that making sense? So like when you when you think about that, the sign that Yahweh was saying was every newborn at 8 days shall be circumcised. Every male newborn shall be circumcised. The slaves in your house, the servants in your house, not even your blood family, everybody connected with you, every male servant shall be circumcised, pointing to, remember what I said, as a bridge to the promised son to come. Right? So this sign of covenant is generational which when you bring it to where we're at today, and I feel like this is important for us to understand covenant. We say that word a lot. But for us to understand covenant in the full context, the proper context, is that what binds our family together through covenant is not because we just come together on Friday. It's not because we celebrate the feast together. It's not because uh, we call we all call him Yeshua and we share the same language. That is not the fullness of covenant because those are just commonalities. The fullness of covenant has to impact generations, which means for those of you that are not married and don't have children yet. That means that when you when you engage a sign of covenant or when you engage in covenant, what that means is that everything in your being is going to carry over to the children that you don't even have yet. <laughs> I'm like trying to, I feel like he's he's for all intents and purposes, this family engages in covenant like no other. It's so foreign to most people that, I mean, they don't even, right? We don't have people coming in here on a Friday being like, wow, this is really interesting, right? They just assume things about what they hear about kingdom heirs and they think it's weird, right? I feel like Yahweh's downloading to us with these Torah portions, every single one, but specifically this one, because this is where things turned a corner to where the ancestors prior to Abraham were different. He was making a distinction in the line, in the lineage, and he was setting the lineage after him apart by circumcision by cutting away the flesh and so i man we have to we have to like meditate on this that what is covenant like on one hand we know covenant more than what i've ever seen but on the other hand with this torah portion like we have no idea yeah. We have no idea. 
And when you talk about urgency and like just the the critical nature of every single Torah portion, it's it's I just I think about it like this, like we most of us, most of us have been saved. Like I've been saved for 23 years. And the way I look at that 23 years is I'm sorry guys. I don't know how to I don't know how to how to articulate this, but it's like think about think about your salvation. Like think about your salvation going backwards to when you got saved. And when I think about that, it's whatever that was, it's changing. It's shifting right now. It's shifting in the sense that there's a Father's instructions that we are receiving right now that I feel confident to say none of us have received it in this way ever. Like we have had a Bible, right? right? The Holy Scriptures. We've had a Bible. We've taken notes. We've, We've gone to church. We've done these programs. We've done these things. We've done this service. We've prayed for people. We've spoken in tongues. We've battled all of this stuff. And only now are we being introduced to the Father to where he's saying, let sit down, son, sit down, daughter. Let me introduce you to the foundation of your faith. Let me, let, let me try to explain to you how circumcision, how many people have studied circumcision? <laughs> you did? I mean, I, I, I would guess most of us had never, that's not like the most exciting topic. Like, let me study circumcision, right? <laughs> right? I was reading it up, I don't want to understand it. That makes sense. But it's like the, it's like Yahweh himself is saying, Okay, now that you're willing and ready and consecrated and sanctified and you've gone through a process and I know you're mature enough not to run away, let me teach you about the foundation of your faith. And he's like, let me, you say covenant all the time, but you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, the ones who claim to be my bride... Say covenant a lot, but let me tell you what that actually means. And it's like, it's not a, um, covenant is not just a contract where you enter into business engagements with somebody else. And, you, and you're tied together by this shared uh, interest to make profits, Right? Covenant in a marriage is beyond, you know, Gabe and Ellen coming together to have a shared interest to have children, right? Or whatever shared interest there might be that you can think of in marriage. It's beyond that. It's, yeah. it's 
covenant is covenant is like willing to be marked So when think about the Jewish people during the Holocaust. And Yahweh says, You shall do this to your infant son at day eight. Think about having to be stuffed in a cattle car, sent to a concentration camp, and you might be able to say, no, I'm not a Jew, right? But what the Nazis would do is strip men naked to find out if they were a Jew because they knew Jewish men will be circumcised. Man, I don't I don't know. There's something about like we were talking about the spiritual battle that we have awakened or whatever provoked, whatever you want to call it, because we're actually stepping out of like what I've been calling the matrix and into reality and stepping onto the narrow path. So we're awakening our enemy to 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 actually engage with us because before he could just send you on your way on this false trajectory onto a diff, onto a a false battlefield where you'll just you'll just wear yourself into the ground in his name but never knowing him. But now we actually are getting to know him. And so now the enemy's like, I gotta, I gotta, I actually have to exert energy and engage you now. And there's something about where we're at as a family that's so powerful because we're being engaged right now. And I'm not trying to say, like, I'm not trying to compare this to the Holocaust or what Yeshua went through, but to in some way, shape, or form, we are we are being confronted in a very real way spiritually. And when we talk about covenant, the question that was like burning in me today was like, are you willing to be marked with a sign of covenant? And what that means, like in the in the example of Jews during the Holocaust is are you willing to obey the Father even though it means that the enemy can distinctly identify you without question and take your life? And even though we're not living in a situation like that, spiritually I feel like that's a valid question. I mean, we all need to ask ourselves that question. If Yahweh said, 
as a as a sign of my covenant I'm going to mark you but that means that you can be distinctly identified by the enemy without question but in western Christianity we say no 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 we don't need to obey that law we don't need to uh, live by the law because that's death right western Christianity just disregards all that so you don't have to be marked with a sign of covenant that bridges generations like what right now what are we connected to generationally if we disregard all that we're not connected to anything So what what Yahweh was doing with this sign is is a reminder that with every generation right because in Yahweh's perspective outside of time he can see what he's doing right but in the weakness of man we we need signs and reminders Right? We need we need reminders of who we are. We need reminders of where we're going. We need reminders of what to be aware of. Right? That's what a sign does. We need those reminders with every generation. So in Yahweh's perspective with Abraham, he was saying, You are going to be circumcised at age ninety nine. Like, I don't know if I'd be down to get circumcised right now. Like, while I'm aware. Right? That's His grace to do it when you're a baby. Right? But Abraham and every male in his, not just his household, but every male in under his influence, or whatever you want to call it, had to do it. And then every newborn male with every generation after that as a reminder that there is a son who I've promised you who is coming that is not born of a man so when when they when you talk about circumcision and cutting away of the flesh of the foreskin and this is where I I'm I'm, I'm like asking Yahweh like I I don't I don't know. It's cuz it's not like men can't have babies if they're circumcised, right? Like it's 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 kind of weird, but it's a sign. It's a reminder of who you are. It's a reminder of the way that you should go. It's an awareness that with every generation, Yahweh is so good to implement something that will remind you with every birth of every male with every generation until the promise shows itself. Yeah. Right? We're talking about the character of Yahweh and He will implement something 
to remind you with every generation that the son that I promised you is coming. And it's not because anything you did, it's because everything I did. And when Abraham, remember in the last Torah portion that we talked about, maybe it wasn't the last one, but it was a two-sided thing, right? Yahweh is carrying the covenant on his own. But him carrying the covenant on his own requires believing what he said he was going to do. So when we talk about covenant and we and we try to appropriate that into our life now, I think about just the spiritual nature of what we're the process that the whole family's going through right now. The expansion, which is a very nice way of <laughs> expansion and multiplication is a very nice way of saying like everybody's got to get you know this is just what comes to mind like everybody's got to get their crap together everybody's got to get in fights now everybody's got to get confronted now everybody has to be responsible now everybody has the burden of articulating your faith now it's not just on mom and dad right it's on the maturing sons and daughters like you got to carry this weight now expansion a nice way to say all that right and what we're enduring is light affliction. It's not even it's not even crazy. But it's a it's a good part of why I said um, I can't remember a couple weeks ago, we're in the best place we could be is because Yahweh is he's he's testing us. He's pressing us because he's allowing us to feel that in the very graceful way that he's allowing us to endure the process that we're going through. Right? Nothing compared to Avraham who was promised something and then had to wait 25 years not to see the the not to see the the actual son but to get circumcised. <laughs> right? Like, how many of us, Yahweh has shown you something or promised you something, and then you got to wait 25 years, and then at 25 years, He doesn't give it to you. He goes, here's a sign. It's over there. <laughs> it's five generations that way. Like, and this kind of goes to our, you know, when you talk about a sign implying identity, part of what I felt like like we need to understand as a family is that when you, when Yahweh shows you something or He sets you somewhere or He directs you in a certain way, Like there's, I mean, think of our the father of our faith, the foundation of our faith, and what it means to be in covenant, what it means to carry a sign of covenant, the type of faith you have to have to be obedient to that. And when you get 
confronted. Like there's there's nothing that should sway you from your focus on the promise. Right? And whatever comes to your mind, I mean, I, I would hope that there's some type of challenge or trial that comes to your mind. But even just what the family's going through right now, with the press that we're experiencing with expansion, whether it's people leaving or accusations or scrutiny in public or, you know, having to deal with confrontation personally, and a lot of people don't like that, or, you know, severed relationships, whatever it is, like, None of that should ultimately sway you because we have ancestors to look to who carried a sign of covenant. Yahweh gives you a sign. He gives you an identity. He says, this is the way. This is what you need to be aware of. Let me remind you of the promise that's coming. And there should be nothing... That sways you from that. Now this is obviously in the context of like, if, let's take kingdom heirs out of the question. If you look at Matthew 5.29 and you say, okay, Yeshua did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. And you understand that? There should be nothing that sways you from that understanding, but only looking to figure out what the Word says about that. Yeah. 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 Right? There sh- like Everything that comes with that, every- okay, af- after last night's season, everything that we're in now that could get attacked, that somebody could nitpick and scrutinize, even if you don't know it all, right? None of us know it all. Somebody could nitpick and scrutinize that's death. Right? But are you going to let that sway you from what Yahweh is saying? The promise to this family is you guys have, have exited a system to where I can now trust you with my instructions at a very basic level. That's his promise to us. I'm going to give you my voice. That's good, right? But how many of us, right? That's the press we're going through right now. I would say, ultimately. The press is like, well, do we really? Is it worth it? Should we? The light affliction that we're we're being introduced to, whether it's um, accusation or criticism or division or broken relationships or... You know, ultimately, insecurity, fear, doubt, uh, whatever. Is is that going to sway us from what he promised? Right? And what he promised in the Torah is life. The way, the truth, and the life. Is that promise worth it? Right? To, when he cuts away your flesh... Ultimately, that's what it is. He's saying, I'm going to set you apart to Abraham. He said, you're a father of a nation going forward that is set apart from what was before you. Because I'm cutting away your flesh. 
There's something about circumcision that unlocks proper function. Circumcision doesn't only concern a male regenerative regenerative organ. He says, I'm going to circumcise your heart. I'm going to circumcise your ears. I'm going to circumcise your lips. Why? He's He's cutting off a fleshly nature off of your ears, your lips, your heart, your ability to reproduce fruit so it can properly function. Right? Like, how good is Yahweh? But we we are so short-sighted and weak in and of ourselves that we'll get thrown off of that. Thrown off track. Thrown off trajectory. Thrown off, you know... And that's why Yahweh's covenant was one-sided. Because Abraham and his wife came up with it in and of themselves. Well, we can't have kids. So there's this slave named Hagar, and we'll have kids with her. And that'll produce the promise. Right? Even that couldn't derail the promise. Right? But I want... I want there's something, there's something about circumcision that we have to understand in terms of covenant, in terms of what it points to, in terms of what it unlocks with covenant, in terms of there is a proper function that can't be realized if not for circumcision. And part of that function, right, it's not just about Abraham, it's about Sarah. Right? Ultimately, indirectly, but at the end of the day, that circumcision was just a mechanism to produce fruit through Sarah. Which speaks even more to covenant. Right? It wasn't just about circumcision, it was about it was about him properly functioning with Sarah to produce something. I don't know. I don't I don't I mean I just I feel the I feel the weight on this that our family is understanding and almost like connecting arcing with the fact that he is our father and we're part of the legacy of his circumcision, which sounds weird. It sounds kind of weird to say that. Like we're part of the legacy of his circumcision. Right? The proper functioning to, to fulfill the promise. Right? What's the proper functioning of your heart when it gets circumcised? What's when, when the scripture talks about have ears to hear? Like, that's from a place of proper function because your ears have been circumcised. What, what is the proper way to speak? Because your lips have been circumcised. And like I said, the, this, this dynamic of covenant that, that I feel like he's unlocking to us is... Like if people people think we're weird right now and we're not even like 
<laughs> we're <laughs> we're like a little bit set apart, and people think we're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. We're like a tiny bit set apart in the in the grand scheme of things, right? And I'm yeah. thankful for that. But like when we truly begin to understand covenant, it's going to pervade every area of your life. It's not just, I don't go to a Christian church, I go to uh, Kingdom Heirs, which is a Hebraic-minded church. That's not, that's not it. Like it's going to be to the point to where Yahweh says something and you do it. Like it, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. It kind, it just, it kind of boggles my mind because it's so simple that we can have such a fight over holidays, and we can have people debate and articulate and back up why a Christmas tree is fine, right? And you know. A lot of us might think or may have thought before or maybe still think like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Right? But like, at the end of the day, this, where, where, what does Yahweh say and what does he not say? What does he say? It goes back to Judaism and why people associate what we're doing with being Jews because the Jews were so good at obedience. It's theonomy, not theology. You guys remember that? Theology is what Western Christianity for thousands of years has engaged in. Well, this is what Yahweh says. Let us interpret it. Let us analyze it. Let us break it down. Let us figure it out. Whereas theonomy is like, Yahweh said, I do it. He said it, I obey it. He said, you shall then I do it, yeah. right? There's It cuts out interpretation completely, right? And covenant is like you shall circumcise every male infant on the eighth day of their birth for generations, forever. Because what was so important to him was don't forget who you are, don't forget the way, yeah. don't be unaware of what I've called you to. Right? Like, that's our father. What kind of father would be like, eh, it doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter what the family identity is. It doesn't matter, you know. Be forgetful. Right? Right. Compared to a father who will sit his son or his daughter down and be like, look what Yahweh did. Never forget that. Never forget who you are. Never be unaware of who you are. Yeah. Never forget yeah. what Yahweh said he was going to do. Yeah. Right. Like he promised you. Don't forget it. Don't undermine the promise because you forgot. Don't undermine the promise because you don't even know who you are. Don't undermine the promise because you have no idea how to find the way or what the way is. You have no idea. Right? So like when you think about 
we're, he's, he's allowing us to understand at some level the foundation of our faith. He's, he's blessing us with his instruction, his voice. He's, we are being given the Torah just like they were on Mount Sinai. Right? We are experiencing that in a very real way. So who are we to forget? I mean, imagine like anybody in history that you look up to, anybody that you could, if you could sit down for an hour with anybody in history and how attentive you would be to everything they said. Right? Anybody. I don't know. Pick anybody. Like, who would you guys want to sit down with? If you could pick anybody in history, alive or dead, and you could talk with them for an hour. Besides Yahweh. Huh? Huh? Moses? Okay, besides biblical people. <laughs> huh? Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that'd be pretty powerful, right? Like, you can sit down with Abraham Lincoln, you'd be like, all ears, man. You might have some questions, but you probably would be so struck, you'd just be like listening. Right? Whoever it was. Founding fathers. Whoever. But with Yahweh, like, we've been in this system where it's like, nah, we don't need to remember. Right? We don't need to connect. Like, what are we tethered to? We don't need to connect with that. So what I what I want us to, to kind of understand and continue to dig into and continue to meditate on is every single Torah portion. But I feel like this one is is specific because this is where Yahweh said you are a father of something new moving forward because I've set you and all your generations apart by way of cutting away of the flesh, by way of being able to understand that the promise comes from me, not from what you do, not from any of your doing. It comes from me. And I'm going to remind you of that with every generation. And I'm going to continue to show you the way. And I'm going to continue to make you aware and continue to have you remember. Right? We need to understand that, and we need to understand how covenant truly operates. Man, if we could have like one prayer that I feel like would change everything, it would be praying into, Yahweh, let us understand covenant with you and covenant with each other. I think part of the reason why the Jewish people through history had such a such a I mean I I can understand it in my way but I've heard it described that every Jew feels responsible for every other Jew. Every Jewish individual shares a responsibility with every other Jewish individual. Because that's the extent of how they understand covenant. How how much would things change? And we I feel like we understand to a degree 
But if we really began to pray, what is the fullness of covenant? One with Yahweh and two with each other. If we began to really understand, like, I, I with what I do or don't do, am responsible for all of you. And you all felt the same way. Like, if somebody's struggling, I'm responsible. Somebody loses their job, I'm responsible. Practically, if somebody has no money, I'm responsible. Right? If somebody has a great success, like, that's mine too. You know what I mean? And that's what's crazy is people look at how we're set apart now to the degree that we understand covenant now, and they think that's weird because we share victories and we share losses with each other. Why is that weird? Why is it weird that Yahweh would say, you shall and I do it? Why is that weird? Why is that weird that Yahweh in all his wisdom would connect us to the father of our faith through something that I have a sign of right now. Yeah. Why is that weird? That's really good. Right? He gave he gave the three signs, Shabbat, the rainbow and circumcision, and they all connect things generationally. Because that's how Yahweh intended it. Right? Why 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 is why do we see rainbows right now if the Old Testament doesn't matter? Like, I don't know. That's just like a question to me. Like what okay. So the law and the prophets don't matter. All those promises don't matter. Then why is there rainbows right now? Why does it matter? You know what I mean? Same thing for Sabbath is same thing for circumcision. Engaging in the Sabbath does not mean that you're saved, but by faith you should desire to honor the Sabbath. Right? Look in Revelations. I can't remember the scripture, the particular verse right now, but it says that with salvation, with belief in Yeshua, with the Holy Spirit, that you will be caused to obey the law. Right, which is all of these things, and so I know that um, you know if Mom were here, she would bring a whole you know crazy perspective and additional wisdom to this whole thing, and I believe she's still going to do that. Um, I know that you know she presents with every Torah portion the the things that are we're seeing for the first time. Um, one of those things is him being referred to as El Shaddai. It's the first time we hear that name. And it's kind of cool because it's similar to what um, Amber expressed with her gift of breast milk. That's a good picture of El Shaddai being a like a a breastplate or a source of feeding, giving life. Right? And so when you have that name introduced with with 
the combination of circumcision and, and establishing a nation. Yahweh is giving life to a new nation and he's doing it for all the families that come after him, which includes us. So if you were to do away with the law and the prophets, then you do away with that sustenance of El Shaddai. You know what I mean? Like that aspect of the Father, that aspect of El Shaddai, you don't, you just neglect that or refuse to accept that. And the reason why I say that is because, not to harp on things that we've already talked about, but it's to give us more understanding or deeper understanding that when people come to you and say, oh, you're Jews, you're weird, you obey the law, you do this, you're going to hell, whatever, you renounce Jesus, all the, all the crazy things that we've heard, that you can be able to, in a sound manner, in a truthful manner, with, with clarity, you can go to that person and engage with that person and say, okay, well, let's think about what you're saying. Let's go look at Genesis 17. Let's look at the father of our faith, the foundation of our faith, the sign of the promise for all families. Like I said, the heart of the matter is in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So are you denying that blessing that Yahweh promised? Because you're part of that, all the families. Are you disregarding that? Right? Anyway, there's probably, I'm sure after we're done, I'll be like, dang it, I should have said, should have, you know, I should have conveyed this or whatever. But there's so many layers to this. And I, and I want us to, you know, there's a lot of, you can get into the nitty gritty of the Torah portion. There's a lot of details. There's a lot, you know, 70 layers you could get into. But I want us to continue to dig into it on our own. But I want us to leave here understanding that like we're, we're receiving critical foundations to our faith. right? In a sense, we're building our faith in a way that we never have. And whenever you build something, the foundation is critical. right? So we have to understand... We have to we have to properly value what Yahweh is doing right now. You have to properly value this Torah portion to understand what is circumcision and what does it have to do with me? What is this foundation that he's giving us and what does it have to do with me right now? We have to be able to understand that. And when you talk about a sign of covenant, right? This was pre-Yeshua or post-Yeshua. We've seen that sign. We're past that sign in history. So what should we understand even more so? Right? Right? So I really, I mean, I hope this stirs you guys to, to have that urgency of, even if you don't know what the urgency is, like, I got urgency and I need to figure out what it's for. Like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Even if you're not like, I, I, I got to study this specific thing. Just, I don't even care if you don't even know what the urgency is for. Just be urgent. Right? This is a big deal. It's a big deal.
in this week's reading, the biggest thing that had always stuck out to me was uh, what Dad had said about, like, are you willing to be marked? Like, are you willing to be recognized by? And one of the things in all of us feel the pressure, like, within finances. Like, when you go out to eat right now, I mean, it's twice what it used to be. When you go, like, anything of any sort has created, in a sense, a negative atmosphere almost. And there is a remnant people that would be not controlled by external circumstances. or not give, It's too easy to give into negativity. And a lot of it will stem from our personal view of finances. And a lot of that begins in, like, there there's an aspect of tithing that can be like, let's find the bare minimum of what the 10% is or what the amount that, meaning we can fall into that work side of things. Like what is good enough or what is, and that would almost be similar to how the world's operating now. There is more strife than there is joy if you talk about finances right now. Um, but as a remnant people, knowing that our hope doesn't rely in material items, but that there should be an attitude of gratitude when it comes to finances. And you tithe in a different way. You give in a different, like your, your view changes when it's understood from the point of gratitude. And so part of being recognized or marked as different would just be operating within gratitude in, in finances, whether it's just how we talk about it. It's yeah. too easy for everyone to talk about how much everything is versus how bountiful we do have it. Yeah. I mean, we are in the most fortunate country in the world. Like, we have some of the best people around us, at least within this kingdom family. And to be that light outside, you can't let little things infest your, like, your spiritual demeanor. Yeah. Down to even finances. Within a, a, a marriage, like between my wife and I, one of the most difficult things to communicate about has been finances when they are a problem. And the difference in being able to see it from a side of gratitude changes the spirit about conversing about something difficult. And so I uh, just wanted to share that as I pass the bucket around. Um, most of us do text to give this just if you have cash or um, uh, checks and with that, uh, we are, today is the day that we're doing first fruits. So whatever first fruit offering that you have pressed in for, prepared, and are, in a sense, expressing out of your gratitude or out of um, your gratefulness for what has happened, uh, that would be also put in there. And if you're doing it through tech to give uh, just label it first fruits. Um, and I turn it over to Megan. All right. Um, 
Thank you for releasing everything that you did tonight, Dad. I know that um, you and Mom are such partners, and we're all learning what it looks like, or I shouldn't speak for everyone. Maybe other people have it, have more of an understanding than, than John and I do. But um, but even just, just partnerships, we know yeah. that it's, it's not like you guys to have to um, lead or teach or operate on your own, you know, physically. And um, so we just thank you and honor you for bringing what you did tonight. Um, I definitely can feel the heaviness that Dad was speaking to as far as this Torah portion. And what... Um, I, I know I've said this part before about how every Torah portion, every time we get into just more of an understanding of or, or his character revealed or um, the foundation exposed, that it leaves us feeling very um, humbled and and also stirred to um, to self-reflection and and I think that there is a powerful question to be asked following tonight. Last week, what we were challenged to do is to make it known or practice making known what is it that, that Yahweh has established in you that would enable you to stand like that you would, in being challenged, in being questioned, in life circumstance, in, in life, what, what is it that's been established in you that you could say, well, because of this part, because of my DNA, I won't move from this place. And if expansion is about responsibility, basically, it's about being responsible ourselves. I think that it's a really important question to ask ourselves. Um, if we're if we're willing to be marked because when I hear that I take that extremely literally in the sense of if um, would I be am I willing in my life in every moment that I live in every place that I set foot the grocery store your work the gas station a family event um, the, the school I take my kids to um, up an, an outing, the park, like I'm, I'm literally thinking of if I had this mark that was completely identifiable and visible and I couldn't hide and I, it, it's like this whole other level of making yourself known, right? Where we, you know, there's insecurity or there's fear or there's, you know, you know, mockery or all, all of these different things that will come up, you know, or I've heard from some people like it's, it's so precious. I don't want to just present it. You know, like the, we, we all have those have those things. But then to take it a step further and say that it would be 
something that is a sign that identifies you or sets you apart to where there's like a focus on you, um, even by the enemy, would you say yes? Um, and I think that that is the beginning of something that will empower this family to continue to stand regardless of all of those things, of, of ourselves, of the world, of religion, um, of circumstance, of what have you. If we could ask ourselves that question and truly ask ourselves, am I willing to be marked in that way? Um, because that is what covenant is, and we're just beginning to understand the level of responsibility that will be required of us. And I think that we probably can't fully understand, at least this is what's playing through my mind right now, is I don't think that I can fully understand walking that way because I've been, as the bride, I haven't even been willing to remember because it's easier to forget, let alone be one who would say, not only do I want to remember, but I want to be marked so that in generation, generations from now, they can remember. Even if that promise isn't something that comes to pass in every moment, every day of my lifetime that I'm marked, but I don't experience, and I'm, I'm just saying, like, to, to think about what what level of faith there has been and how far it feels like we've come, how much separation there's been, not only that it's easier to forget, but does that make sense? Um, Like we, what I kept hearing is we've said, don't remind me. Not, not just the bride, but that, that in our lives, do you ever say, don't remind me? <clears throat> like, I, I want, can you say, like, yes, or that, that that is true in your life? Like, we have to be willing yeah. to acknowledge that it is easier not to be reminded of who you are. It's easier to not be reminded of your responsibility in your day-to-day life. Because if we can't acknowledge that, then there's no way you are going to say, don't just remind me, but mark me. Mark me so that I can stand in a place to remind this generation and that generation and that generation, even if, like talking about how Abraham waited in faith in his life, for a promise, and Yahweh says, I'm going to remind you again. I'm going to remind you to keep remembering. And we'd be like, never mind. Just don't remind me anymore. Don't remind me. It's so much easier for me to just forget and to come up with my own narrative and to decide what's best for my life 
Yep. What's easier? Yep. Don't don't yep. even don't don't remind me. Yeah. And so I just I just want to make sure that um I I just want to make sure that we take these kinds of not just a moment but this kind of a a truth and a foundational concept so um seriously because I I don't believe because because of how far we're having to like be brought into correction I don't know that we would be able to receive that that mark um in a year from now in two years from now in 10 years from now I don't think that we would be able to withstand yeah. I, I I really don't um and if that doesn't scare you or if that doesn't um, concern you enough to be urgent in your response now then um, I don't know what to do but not in and of myself I literally mean I don't know what we then as a people who have been called to stand in this place I don't know what else we should do then it would be like we should just give up now um, is is how it feels if we're if we if we can't take um, oh no, I appreciate when you when you respond. <laughs> um, so I I don't I don't know if that's making sense, but um, yeah, like we're needing all of these we're needing all of these reminders. You know, it feels like as a people, and he's like. You're called to be the one who reminds. You're called to be, yeah. you know, the yeah. the one who says, "Mark me, so that I can be that reminder." But we're still just struggling. It feels like we're still struggling so much um, to take like the minute levels of responsibility that he's giving us now that would get us to that place yeah. because we we can't. It's so hard to recognize how far we've come. Or I don't mean that, how far we've come in a good way. I mean literally how far yeah. we we have become from him. Yeah. Like from being the ones who would stand in that place. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that? I don't know that I'm making sense. But Okay. Anyway, so I don't I don't want um I don't want tonight to feel lighthearted. I don't want us to like shift gears and just be like, you know, that was a good service. Um, because because I, I do feel like there is a like press that he doesn't want us to come out from under. Um, however, however that looks, however that looks for you, if it's to stay here a little longer, if it's to go home and not just, you know, go back to or do do whatever you would normally do, but to get on your face um, and ask yourself that question immediately. If it's to spend all day tomorrow um, with your family, you know, just talking through what that looks like or asking yourself, um, am I willing to be one who who would 
who would be a reminder for generations to come um, and what that really will require of us. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.